0: It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Tuesday morning at Wax, as we look for some moisture to move into the area, it should be uh, something we'll have to deal with. I mean, not pouring rain, but uh, some rain the next couple of days. Some folks over southwest probably seeing it moving in already. I haven't seen it outside our back door yet but uh, according to the forecast it's coming our way good morning on this national agriculture day we've got chores to do this morning here on wax bob and jill with you well let's get a calf count how many calves we got on the ground now
1: we have
2: 18 are they all named yes
0: uh, give me all the names
2: <laughs> i can't give you all of them <laughs> they all start with k the last one was Kane, and we've got kale and Kit cat.
0: Oh boy. So we got how many bulls? How many heifers?
2: 11 bulls and 7 heifers.
0: All right. So, and they're all healthy and you haven't lost any? Nope. They're doing really good. Good. So, there you go. That's the uh, that's the latest calf count from the Wilkie Land and Cattle Company down there in the Osseo country. <laughs> And uh, looking for more, and uh, you still got, what, how many, 18 on the ground? you still got about, uh, what, 40-some left. Yeah, about 42, 43. All right, well, hopefully it uh, continues to go well. If you're trying to calve outside the next couple days, not a good idea. We'll look at the rain forecast, but again, national agriculture day-to-day, it's been around for for a while, too, hasn't it?
2: Almost as long as me.
0: Yeah, just about, but it was back in the 70s, the... uh, agriculture council of america decided to have a day set aside to honor agriculture and thank farmers for producing what they do for folks out in washington dc there'd be a major major effort on the uh, the mall you've been to washington dc in the mall walked around out there
2: i was when i was in high school
0: yeah so you walk around you know how big the mall is and, and again if you've never been to washington dc by golly get out there take a take a few days and go out there and see our nation's capital. You you don't have to rub shoulders with the congressmen and the senators. or just a whole lot of other things to do. The Smithsonian, the National Mall, all the monuments and everything else. But the National Mall is full of agricultural exhibits yesterday and today. They'll have all kinds of machinery out there. They'll have all kinds of technology on display out there. So a big celebration out in Washington, D.C. for National Agriculture Day and We'll talk more about that and the significance of National Agriculture Day as we move along this morning. And, of course, the war in the Ukraine still having an effect on so many things around the world, including those grain prices, and it doesn't look like the oil prices are getting any better. I just checked the price this morning of crude oil, and it's back over $100. Remember last week, it got down to 96 Well, traded yesterday to $111. So, again... Not a good thing. We'll see how fast Congress moves on making E15 year-round and and a whole lot more this morning. It's a busy, busy morning. And, again, we've got uh, maybe some moisture in the forecast. Well, not maybe. We do have moisture in the
3: forecast. We'll tell you about it next. The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: And a weather forecast brought to you by Markwart Motors. They're looking to hire an automotive parts specialist. They offer a competitive salary with a generous benefits package. Apply in person or online. At MarquardtMotors.com, if uh, you could, you're you in line to be an automotive parts specialist at Marquardt. Well, rain in the forecast today and tomorrow, a little cooler tomorrow, maybe a few places up north, might even see some snow as temperatures all this week. And then after today and tomorrow, partly cloudy, partly sunny, right into the weekend, temperatures in the 40s all week long. We're going to be 43, 44 today right now. We're at 41 degrees, but again, some folks off to the southwest are probably seeing a little rain moving in because it's coming in from down that way, and uh, we'll get some, some moisture, a nice spring rain. Always a good thing, at least I think so. Bring some of the frost out. And get some moisture in the ground here. On a Tuesday at Wax. it's going to be a rainy Tuesday if it's not already. It's a coming in. I don't think it's going to be real heavy rains, but it uh, could last a while. So, again, today and tomorrow. 5 o'clock, this is 104.5 FM, WAXX Claire. Let's find out what's going on. NBC News Radio,
4: I'm Mark Mayfield. The president of Ukraine says he's ready to discuss a deal to end the Russian invasion. Vladimir Zelensky gave a TV interview last night confirming he would agree not to try and join NATO in exchange for a ceasefire. He's willing to negotiate with Russia's leader, but again warned if talks fail, the fighting could lead to another world war. The deputy national security advisor is urging private companies to harden their cyber defenses with the potential for Russia to conduct malicious activity against the U.S. Matt Mattinson reports.
2: This is a call to action and a call to responsibility for all of us.
4: And Newberger said companies in the private sector should use the cybersecurity resources the government has made available through the bipartisan infrastructure law to protect services Americans rely on. Referring to a statement from President Biden on cybersecurity, she said the U.S. is not seeking confrontation with Russia. But if Russia conducts disruptive cyber attacks, the nation is prepared to respond. I'm Matt Mattinson. U.S. Supreme Court nominee Katanji Brown-Jackson is under scrutiny in the Senate.
5: The decisions of the United States Supreme Court have daily impact on the lived experience of Americans, and that is in part why hearings for this important role are so contentious.
4: During Jackson's confirmation hearing, Delaware Democrat Chris Coons called Jackson highly qualified and well-prepared to serve on the nation's highest court. Texas Republican Ted Cruz accused Democrats of disgraceful behavior towards GOP Supreme Court nominees over many years. He said Jackson will be treated better by Republicans. The D.C.-based appellate court judge would be the first black woman to ever serve on the Supreme Court. And millions of people in the south are bracing for more dangerous storms. Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama are expected to get the worst of it today. That includes flooding, large hail, possible tornadoes, high winds, and power outages. Texas got hit by several tornadoes yesterday, leaving a trail of damage to homes, schools, and cars. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio.
3: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Once again, we've got
0: some rain in the forecast for today and tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow it could be a little snow up north as well as the temperatures cool off. It's going to be a cool week. We're not going to see the 50s uh, again for, well, at least through first part of next week. 43, high today. Rain, rain, snow tomorrow, about 39. Thursday, cloudy and 43. Then partly sunny, partly cloudy Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Low 40s where we're at. So again, some folks, as we said earlier, seeing some rain already coming into the listening area down the southwestern parts of our listening area. 36 in Medford this morning, 41 in Rice Lake, Wausau, Green Bay at 37, Marshfield at 38, La Crosse, 46, Madison, Sun Prairie at 43, 41 in Milwaukee, and it's also 41 here in the Eau Claire Chippewa Falls area. La Crosse got nice and warm yesterday. Got 70, around 70 or better yesterday. So uh, nice temperatures down there. But we won't see that again. We're going to see some moisture the next couple of days. Farm markets are brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance.
3: Rural Mutual
5: Insurance.
3: feeding information to the folks who feed you wax 104.5 and the midwest farm report seven minutes
0: after five o'clock rural mutual insurance bringing us early morning look at the markets and jill the cash livestock
2: choice fed beef steers are 127 to 142 and a half with mixed at 90 to 127 choice fed beef heifers are 127 to 139 with mixed at 96 to 126 Choice Fed Holstein steers are 118 to 132 with selects at 50 to 117. Cows are 62 to 105. Bulls are 72 to 109. Butcher hogs are 67 to 90. Sows are 66 to 72 and a half. Boars are 27 to 29 and a half. New crop market lambs are 145 to 190. Old crop market lambs are 110 to 165. And feeder lambs are 170 to 340.
0: At the Mercantile Exchange, livestock futures, cattle lower, hogs higher yesterday. April live cattle 140.05 at the close. That's down 45. June 136.35, down 72. August cattle 137.27, down 32. And October cattle 143.97 down 22 feeder cattle as we said also lower april closed at 16120 down a dollar 12 may feeders 16575 that was down a dollar 70 the august contracts 17915 down a dollar 55 and september feeder cattle 18182 that was down a dollar and a quarter lean hog carcass contracts were higher the april contract closed at 100.62 that's up 122, May 111.07, up 397, June at 119.82, up 375, and July at 119.20, up 372. On the board of trade with the Ukrainian situation again, it's really a mess, and the markets were higher yesterday, but uh, they did moderate a little bit as far as corn is concerned. Corn, uh, wheat, and soybeans still higher overnight. Looking at those July contracts now this morning, July overnight on the corn down two cents at seven hundred twenty six, July oats down nine at six fifty nine, wheat up sixteen at eleven oh nine, July soybeans up seven at sixteen seventy nine and meal down a dollar eighty a ton, four hundred seventy-one dollars and forty cents. And again if you follow the crude oil, April crude was up six forty four yesterday. Now one hundred and eleven dollars and fourteen cents a bushel, going the wrong direction. Barrel cheese up 4 cents yesterday at 207. The blocks up 3 quarters at 213 and 3 quarters. Butter up 5 and a quarter at 277 and 3 quarters. Class 3 for March down a penny at 2240. April up 31 at 2374. May up 47 at 2454. June up 43 at 2462. July 2450. Up 31. We have five months of $24 milk now as those prices were up through February. So that's the way the markets look this morning, courtesy of the folks at Rural Mutual Insurance. It's 10 minutes after 5, 41 degrees. Not going to get much warmer than that, but it will get a little wetter today.
3: Keep it at Rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Not sure if it's time to go out and check your alfalfa stands for potential winter kill or winter injury, but that's the topic we're going to talk about today. With our alfalfa expert, that's Don Miller, who's Director of Product Development with Alpharex. And, uh, Don, hopefully it's something we're not going to see, but take us through the scenario of winter kill. What causes it? What are the plants going to be looking like? All those sorts of things.
6: Yeah, hopefully you don't have any winter kill, but uh, we wanted to review that a little bit, uh, what to look for and when to look. Uh, you know, a lot of times, uh, you know, if you don't have a variety that has uh, a- adequate winter survival rating, you know, uh, uh, for years and years we planted uh, based on fall dormancy, and then in 2005 we, uh, as breeders, finally came up with an additional rating called a winter survival rating, which gave us a better feel of what actual uh, winter survival was as far as uh, varieties. And-, and if we have a-, a low number on a winter survival rating, uh, lower than 2, um, when you check your varieties, uh, the variety you're going to buy, uh, if you're worried about winter survival, uh, we need to get in that two range or lower uh, to have a good uh, chance of uh, picking a variety that has good winter survival. So, anyway, that, that, uh, we've come a long ways on breeding for that, and so uh, a lot more choices as far as varieties out there uh, as far as uh, the ability to survive the winter. But if you do have winter kill, uh, when do you look? Um, well, we need to look in the spring, but uh, we don't want to rush it too much. We want to wait until there's a little bit of growth out there, three to four inches. Uh, so we can see that the the plants have broke dormancy and and get a better idea of which plants were damaged or dead or or what type of damage we do have out there. Uh, We want to go out there, and once we start seeing uh, three or four inches of growth, uh, go several parts of the field and dig 20 or 30 plants, look at those roots and see uh, what they look like. Is that top two inches uh, soft and mushy? Uh, uh, Is that top two or three inches? That's where all the regrowth is coming, those crown buds. Uh, Maybe the lower taproot, you know, four or five inches down looks good, but if that top uh, two or three inches is uh, mushy, uh, uh, that plant's probably dead. So you want to evaluate 20 or 30 plants, uh, look and see what, uh, are they, uh, any growth just coming on one side of the plant, or is it asymmetrical, or um, how much damage. If if you see in that crown area, 50% of that crown is damaged with dark uh, tissue, uh, those plants are not probably going to make it. So... What we're shooting for is to have at least six uh, live plants per square foot. Uh, once we start getting some growth there, uh, uh, if we get uh, uh, less than 40 stems per square foot, uh, uh, then we're losing production. And that's the, when we, not, we need to start thinking about what we're going to do with that field.
0: This is not a windshield observation. And don't be driving across those fields uh, in the springtime because they're very fragile. The important thing is underground just because it looks green on top doesn't mean you've escaped right
6: that's right Jim. that's why i said dig up some plants and and sometimes you'll get damage on one side of the plant and not on the other but uh, you're not getting as uh, number of stems coming up out of that crown that, that you'd like for maximum production so so if you do uh, see that you have uh, a significant winter kill um you know if that field is more than one year's old uh well, that first year, if we get some winter kill, uh, you can come back in and thicken it up with alfalfa seed. Uh, we don't have any fear of auto toxicity, but if it's an established field that's been out there three or four years and uh, you've got significant damage, uh, you need to probably take that field out or you can uh, maybe interseed a grass to give you a little bit of forage production uh, for that one year. But any field that's three or four years old, uh, uh, when you take it out, you need to be out for about a year because of the auto toxicity. Those old established plants put a chemical down into the soil that really inhibits any alfalfa seed that you try to put out there. So you're wasting your money if you're trying to overseed back in uh, with alfalfa into an older uh, field that's, that has winter damage.
0: Good advice as always. So again, winter kill, it's uh, always a villain out there. But again, the high just varieties more and more with that winter survival rating of two or less. So make sure you check those out. The expert talking about it with us once again today, Don Miller, Director of Product Development with Alpharex Alfalfa.
3: Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Sixteen and a half minutes now after five o'clock, we've got some farm news to take a look at. And as we mentioned earlier, Jill, a big day for agriculture.
2: Today is National Agriculture Day. The day was first recognized in 1973 by the Na- Agricultural Council of America with the first, the first national Ag Day celebration observed in 1979. The day is designed to make to take time for all Americans to recognize our farmers for producing the safest, cheapest, and most abundant food supply in the world. In Wisconsin, our farmers contribute over $105 billion a year to the state economy and export over $3.96 billion worth of farm products to over 145 countries. Nearly 12% of Wisconsin's workforce is involved in agriculture as we rank in the top five in production for 17 different commodities, ranking number one in cheese production, cranberries, snap beans, dry for human consumption, and mink pelts. Wisconsin is also home to international ag events like World Dairy Expo, World Beef Expo, and the World Cheese Making Championships.
0: And uh, for those that aren't aware of how important agriculture is, obviously there wouldn't be anything in the grocery stores if we didn't have agriculture, but a major focus of the agricultural community and again to get this across to consumers is uh, very important We've got to prepare for a world with 9 billion humans, and that means 9 billion. That's with a B, and that means uh, the United States is a major agricultural producer is going to have to come up with a lot of this. Listen to this now. This is uh, facts that have been talked about for a long time. 9 billion humans. That's a world in which we need to produce more food in the next 30 years than we have in the last 10,000 years combined while using less land, less water, and uh, less other vital inputs. That is a huge task. More food in the next 30 years than we've produced in the last 10,000. And, uh, again, that takes a big, big effort. So, again, National Agriculture Day, thank you to all those farmers out there this morning doing chores and uh, producing the food and fiber that keeps us going. Well, dairy is one of those uh, enterprises that keeps us going, and we're going to hear from uh, Jill, a young lady. You talked about federal milk marketing orders, right?
2: Yeah, I had the opportunity to talk to Dana Cole. She's a deputy director, uh, part of the USDA, and she's in charge of federal milk orders, and she hails from Iowa. All
0: right, and we're going to hear that coming up
3: next, right here on Wax. Agriculture. It's a Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
7: Federal milk marketing order reform is a top priority for most dairy cooperatives in Wisconsin, from the farmer level to processing. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. And Jill, you've got an update from the federal level on what's happening in the dairy space where milk marketing order reform has been, and where it's going.
2: Yes, I do, Stephanie. This is Jill Welke from the northern end of the world's longest barn here in Eau Claire, and I have the opportunity to talk to Dana Cole, Deputy Administrator of the USDA AMS Dairy Programs. First of all, we went over some of the federal orders and their history, and we talked why that we needed the, or- the orders for the orderly dairy marketing conditions.
1: Federal milk marketing orders have been around since the 1930s, and they are continually updated to reflect what is happening in the marketplace. So while they have been around for a long time, the orders today do not look at all like the orders did back when they were first started at one point um, we peaked with over 80 orders and today we have 11. the orders today are much larger than what they were in the beginning when they were first implemented and they have very different provisions but the important thing to remember about federal milk marketing orders is that they're designed to very simply establish and defined what the terms of trade are between the first buyers and sellers of milk. So they're here to ensure that there is more orderly marketing in the marketplace and to ensure that um, dairy producers receive a minimum price for their milk as well as, more importantly, getting paid uh, twice a month on specific dates and they provide oversight for the weights and tests of federal orders um, of the milk of producers and they also provide a wealth of information uh market information about how uh, and the volumes of milk that are being marketed as well as prices so that's a little bit about federal milk marketing orders what kind of levels
2: are a good starting point for dairy farmers to put their orders at. I mean, do we aim high? Do we aim low? Do we go for the middle
1: ground? So if we're referring to, to price, federal orders are really designed to set a minimum price. And that way the marketplace can truly establish what that actual pay price is to the producers. And that's to allow competition to occur. And up here in the in the upper Midwest, we see that, you know, there are a lot of producers, but there are also a lot of outlets and opportunities um, for producers to either ship their milk to proprietary plants or to cooperatives. So the federal orders really were designed to establish a minimum or a, a base level and then to let the marketplace determine what kind of premiums an individual dairy farmer might get. And they might get those premiums for volume, for quality, and for other purposes. But it's it's truly to let the, the marketplace drive what's happening. So how does the market and the marketplace
2: come in to help to help establish the prices?
1: That's a great question. So what we do in dairy programs is we have a program called the uh, Dairy Product Mandatory Price Reporting Program, and every week, processors of cheese, whey, butter, powder report into USDA what they're paying for their product, and on a monthly basis, then we announce what the those prices are for those commodities, and that is really an indication of what the what the market is driving for those prices and where they're at. Those prices then for the commodities are put into basically mathematical formulas that then determine what the class prices are based on how milk is used. And there are four classes of milk. We have the fluid price, which is typically the highest price. Class two, which is for your soft commodity or soft products like yogurts and ice creams, things like that. Then you have your cheese price, Class 3, and you have your butter powder price at Class 4. For the producer, what we ensure is that those minimum prices for the different uses are then pooled together and a dairy farmer is uh, assured an average or uniform price across the board. So the markets directly start at the very beginning of the process uh, to determine what ultimately the producers, um, the uniform price will be under the order. Producer price may not be the same as a uniform price because there obviously are premiums and and different costs that are associated um, with each individual producer. But that's how we we start setting that minimum price. What is your take on any of the – a challenge or any changes
2: that are coming with the new federal orders?
1: So I think it's important for dairy producers to stay tuned in to information that is is being provided. We are headed into a farm bill, as well as a period of time when people are really looking to see what kind of modifications can be made to federal orders to make them operate more orderly. And I think that there will be a lot of conversations held with regards to pricing. We saw during the pandemic that there were very unusual price relationships and we saw what impact those price relationships had and how it translated into the, the price that the producer got. So I think what we're going to be hearing a lot of conversations on going forward will be looking at what the Class 1 mover is, looking at you know how we are pricing, what the, what the Class 3 and Class 4 product price, those mathematical formulas, what's contained in those formulas, and what do we need to adjust or do we need to look at something different for our price discovery mechanism. So I think those are going to be some really forefront conversations that the industry will need to have. And, and this is a program that relies on the industry to come forward to USDA to make any changes that they might have and to really, uh, you know, bring forth what the, what the issue is that the industry wants to have addressed. And there's been a lot of stories out there
2: about the exports and the export markets. How do you see these export markets? helping the prices, hindering the prices. What do you see coming forth?
1: The export market is really going to be key to the dairy industry going forward. We've seen incredible growth in the export market, and, and the goal is to get at least 20% of the U.S. milk supply exported. And I think that's it's really important. We are incredibly efficient in the United States at producing milk. Producers do a fantastic job of that. And as a result, we have a large surplus of milk supply. And so the way to help mitigate that surplus is to to process it into products that can be demanded on the export market. And we like to think that, you know, around one day's production is being exported every week. And if that milk was not exported and it stayed on the domestic market, we would see a real glut in supply, which would then transfer into <laughs> lower pay prices to producers. So I think it is imperative that we continue to focus on providing the international community the high-quality dairy products that we have here in the United States, and ultimately that will translate into better pay prices uh, to producers.
0: And again, that's Dana Cole. With the federal milk marketing order, she's headquartered in Iowa. You said she comes out of Iowa. All right, and she she knows her stuff. She does. She was very informative and very good to listen to. You bet. So very good. Thank you very much, uh, Dane, and the federal milk marketing order. well, we're going to get Morgan and take a look at some of our local news coming up. Twenty nine minutes after five o'clock. Again, rain in the forecast. We'll talk more about that with Mike Dandra here in a few minutes. But Morgan and the news coming up.
3: The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: Well, let's get into the newsroom, see what's going on. Some of our other news this morning. Morgan is up and at him and with us this morning. Our local basketball teams didn't do very good in the tournament. And the Badgers laid an egg as well this weekend.
8: Well, speaking of laying eggs, happy uh, National Egg Day. (laughs) Right? Yeah, Egg Day. Not Egg Day. Uh, Oh, (laughs) right. Yeah, we won't talk about some of those brackets. They're busted apart for a lot of people right now, too. Yeah,
0: I thought the Badgers would win two games, but wasn't to be. So we'll move on with other teams. What's going on?
8: Well, we'll keep headlines in our state today. Good morning. Here's what we're learning today. It's now the Wisconsin Department of Justice that's looking into a deadly house fire in Juneau County. The Sheriff's Office says the fire broke out at Union Center over the weekend. One person, though, was found dead inside the house after the fire was put out, and that's leading to the DOJ becoming involved. The victim hasn't been identified. The case of the cause of the fire is unknown. We go to Marshfield where there were some question marks that a new employee came upon and now an investigation is underway after that new employee discovered records that raised questions and checkbooks that didn't add up. Sue Carlson served as clerk of courts for the Marshfield Municipal Court for many years and retired at the end of 2020. It was the new municipal court clerk that almost immediately discovered severe discrepancies in the court's record keeping dating back to at least 2010. Well, we go to Madison with an update as new details are being released after a crash involving six teens in a stolen vehicle. This all happened in the Beltline area, but according to the latest from police, they were notified of that stolen vehicle and then the chase ensued. Teens led officers into the Beltline where they crashed into another vehicle and then ran from the crash site. Five of the teens were apprehended. The sixth jumped off the Yahara River Bridge into a marsh. But the latest update is that that uh, person was recently apprehended as well. Well, your brackets might be busted, but those buckets have provided a lot of bucks for Milwaukee. The NCAA attorney providing a huge economic boost for Milwaukee. City officials say the event attracted 18,000 fans and brought $6.5 million to that city. That revenue includes things like hotels, transportation, restaurants, probably. Plenty of pints raised as well. And today is a day to celebrate the cows, fields, beaks and beyond National Egg Day. So pour yourself a big glass of milk. And to uh, Bob, Jill, and everybody on this end of it as well, we do thank you much as those eggs fry in the pan. I'm Morgan McCarthy, and now you are up to date on Wax 104.5.
0: Can you imagine the Badgers had won that second game? How much more consumption (laughs) <laughs> would have happened after. For that joy,
8: game? not for sorrow. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah so. Well, maybe you should coach them. That'd be a nice incentive to no. get them into the wing column.
0: Well, I've had no qualms about guard. It's just that they played a horrible game. Yeah, that I was kind of ugly. Yeah, it really was. And that Yahara Bridge, guy jumped, I know <laughs> that Yahara <laughs> River Bridge off the Beltline. Yeah. That's uh, on the way to the Coliseum for folks that uh, go to World Dairy Expo. They know going across the water, they're getting off the interstate. Mm-hmm. That's not a place to jump off. There's no place. You can't get away. It's all water forever. I'm going to put a little boat in the water. They're going to find you.
8: Yeah, I think there were some soggy socks and pants legs for the kid that decided to make that the escape route. Can you imagine
0: how cold he was, too?
8: Can you imagine how unhappy his parents were? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: Probably not the first time. parents have been unhappy yeah
8: somebody might be more than just grounded right now i
0: guess so thanks Morgan. anytime bob all right morgan in the newsroom this morning as uh, we've got our weather coming up we're going to check in with mike dandry in fact let's go see if mike is up you up yet mike
9: uh you know i might be sleepwalking right about now (laughs) <laughs> boy!
0: Hey, we got some... Uh, how warm did it get down around La Crosse yesterday? They got
9: a lot warmer than we did. Yes, they certainly did. Uh, let me actually check what the high was. Give I know me just were, a they second. They were
0: 70 or low 70s, and I don't know if we got uh, how far into the 60s. I don't think it was very far yesterday, but I was uh, watching last night, and holy man, Darren was talking about... Still seventy degrees, I think, in the six o'clock news down in Lacrosse because it was very, very warm down there. But uh,
9: not quite the case up this way. No, no. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. it got up to seventy-five there yesterday. Did it really? <laughs> wow! Yeah. So, uh, man, oh man.
0: Well, it's not going to happen. We're, but we're going to get some. Nice rain. Some folks are already seeing a little rain, right?
9: Yeah, so especially off towards the western part of the state. But don't worry, we'll all get our fair share. And I know that that makes uh, some of our growers, uh, farmers a little bit happy with this because there are some spots especially towards the central part of the state, that are looking at a D2 drought. And uh, here we are going into growing season. But we'll have that widespread rain really starting in the mid-morning, not really going to warm up too much. Now, the rain can be heavy at times as well, but uh, for most of the day it is going to be a rather soaking rain as we do warm up into about the mid-40s. Now those chances for rain continue on into tonight as we cool it down to about the mid-30s. Tomorrow is where things can get a little bit interesting because we'll have more rain, On the front end and then starting to get a little bit of cold air wrapping in. And that may bring a couple chances for a few snowflakes trying to work their way into the mix as our highs barely escaping the 30s. And then into tomorrow night, that's when we may have a little bit of uh, more snow trying to work its way in. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with our temperatures dipping into the mid 30s. Thursdays when we start to dry out maybe just a few chances of a couple sprinkles in the morning but mostly cloudy otherwise as we warm up again into about the low 40s which is just a couple degrees shy of where we should be uh, for this time of year and mostly cloudy conditions persisting into Thursday night as we cool it down to around the freezing point. Right now in Eau Claire though just a very few raindrops out there otherwise mostly cloudy conditions. Temperature of 41 degrees, not too bad to start this morning. I'm Skyward 13, meteorologist Mike Dandria.
0: Hey, Mike, what do you expect rain today, tomorrow, an inch, inch and a half, two inches?
9: Ranging from about, I would say, a half inch to an inch by the time it's all said and done. Okay, so no gully washers by any means. No, no
0: gully washers. (laughs) All right, that's good. Hey, Mike, we appreciate it. Thanks, Bob. There he goes. That's Mike Dandry over there at Skywarn 13 with our weather information every morning. Hope you enjoy, Mike. Good meteorologist. A lot of good stuff. It's a weather on wax. Brought to you by Alpharex Alpha Rex Wax
3: 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: All right, let's get to it. 41 degrees and uh, some rain in the forecast. Again, not much to wash anything away, but... Uh, be a nice uh, nice rain the next day or two maybe some snow tomorrow up north. Joe what else is going on in agriculture on this national Agriculture day?
2: Well planting season is getting close in Ukraine and farmers there say they don't know if they'll be able to plant their crops this year because of the war. They have already lost about 10% of their farmland to the war and now the Russians are focusing their bombing raids on warehouses and buildings that house farm equipment. Ukraine's Deputy Agriculture Commissioner said recently that farmers are short of fuel, fertilizer, financing, seed, and other crop inputs they need this spring. A survey of over 2,000 farmers who operate over 3 million hectares of land show that they are 80% short of the fuel they need and about 50% short of crop inputs. Trade and investment talks between the U.S. and the United Kingdom are on the calendar for this week. U.S. Trade Representative Catherine Tai and U.K. Secretary of State for International Trade Anne-Marie Trevelyan are planning to meet to discuss new trade and investment agreement. The goal of the meeting is to increase trade between the two countries by resolving the issue of U.S. high tariff costs on British steel and the aggressive duties put on U.S. products, including agricultural goods, by the U.K. Digital and green trades are also expected to be discussed during the meeting. The two representatives hope to come to a compromise that will benefit both countries. Another negotiating session is already scheduled in a few months in the United Kingdom.
0: All right, we've got uh, more news. Calendar, we're going to take a look at the calendar. We've got markets. Uh, it's a Tuesday morning at Wax. Again, 41 degrees and some rain in the forecast. Some folks already seeing that rain around the area.
3: For those who work in Acres... Not an hour. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Yeah, we get
0: to Germany, Austria, Bavaria. We're going to see a lot of neat things go right down into a salt mine. And uh, that will be a sail. We'll be in the cave. We'll be sailing a little boat floating around, crystal salt out there. So in Hawaii, we saw a salt farm that was using the salt water in Salzburg, which is uh, how the t- city got its name, Salt, Salzburg. We'll be in an actual salt mine over there, Hitler's Eagle's Nest, Berchtesgaden. A lot of things we're going to see over there. Looking forward to that. August first through the 9th. All right. Well, we got things coming up a little closer than that. Joe, what's the calendar look like? It's awfully busy
2: this week. But thirty U.S. farm or thirty Farmers Union and Farm Bureau chapters are getting together to a dairy together pre- presentation. That's on Wednesday the twenty third in Abbotsford. City Hall in Abbotsford, you need to register at DairyTogether.com. And they're also going to have that same Dairy Together thing in at Eagles Club in Chippewa Falls on Friday, the 25th. On Wednesday, the Wisconsin Holstein Association is having a supper club social. That's starting at noon at Fanny's Supper Club in Nealsville, you need to register ahead because there's food involved. So go to your com and register there. There are virtu- virtual office hours focused on pastures. On Wednesday from noon to 1, you need to register in advance, in advance for the v- virtual office hours, and that is sponsored by the Rensweed Weed Science Lab. And here's an in-person on Wednesday, the 23rd, from 10:30 to 1 at Carlson Farm in New Richmond. Lunch is included, and they're going to talk about soil, healthy soils. And finally, there is a robotic meeting sponsored by Clark County that is on Friday, the 25th, from 10:30 to 1:30. It's at Boone Farms in Greenwood. Registration is required. Contact Clark County Extension.
0: All right, contact them today because tomorrow is the 23rd. And uh, robotic milkers, and we'll see those at Farm Technology Days this year because uh, Dennis Rail putting those in at the farm. And you will get a chance to get an up close look at robotic milkers there at Rail Acres during Farm
3: Technology Days in July. <laughs> The crack of dawn never sounded so good. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
2: It's quarter to six and 41 degrees out there. Let's swing on over to see what Scott Herman had to say about his Sparta sales.
10: Slaughter cow market was strong today with 20% of the cows, 79 to 85.50 with a top of 96. 60% of the cows sold 60 to 78 and 20% of the cows sold 59 and down. The organic cows were steady with most cows 95 to 121.50, thin small cows 65 to 94. Slaughter bulls were steady with the high yielding bulls 90 to 107.50, your canner and utility bulls 89 and down. Fed cattle were steady with no test on the beef today, Choice overnight beef steers and heifers 138 to 145 with no test. Select a choice beef steers and heifers 125 to 137 with no test. Your choice dairy cross steers and heifers 120 to 135. Your choice overnight Holstein steers 123 to 130. Your choice Holstein steers 110 to 122. And a standard to select steers and heifers and heavyweight steers 109 and down. Replacement calves were higher with the top holstein bull calves a dollar to a two twenty. Your Holstein heifer calves ten to fifty and the beef calves two to three twenty. Thank you. This has been Scott Herman with your Sparta Equity Marker Report for Monday, March twenty first. Have a great day. Wax
3: one oh four point five and the Midwest Farm Report About
0: thirteen minutes before six o'clock. Let's get more markets over at the Equity Stratford Barn this morning. Jared Fitzgerald is with us and Happy National Agriculture Day there, buddy. Well, Bob, thank you, and the uh, same to
5: you, and also uh, a salute to all those uh, those folks out there that are working seven days a week feeding the rest of us. So thank you all very much. And it's uh, always challenges and uh, whatever. I guess that's always going to be with us. But uh, anyway, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, there's still a lot of people in this world that think they get their food at the store, you know. Oh, well, that's
0: <laughs> for sure. That's for sure. And we've been blessed that our store shelves have always been full, not not the way in other parts of the world, but uh, we uh, we keep trying. Hey, what's going on over there? It's early in the week at Stratford.
5: All right, Bob, thank you, and a very good morning to everyone. A summary from yesterday, Monday, here at Equity Stratford. We'll start out with the cow market. Cows continue to be in good demand, higher yielding. Now, these are conventional-type cows. We sell organics today. Anyway, uh, market cows on yesterday's auction, higher-yielding hosting cows... From 77 up to 88. Most of the cows on yesterday's auction selling between 58 and 76. Thinner cows, plainer cows below 58. On the bull trade, you open the week. Better quality bulls are selling from 85 up to 105. Spider bulls below 80. Fat cattle yesterday, choice grading Holstein steers, mostly from 107 to 118. High yielding choice, strictly prime Holsteins from 118 to 126. Light grading cattle below 105. Continue to be very good demand, especially on the bull calves, not much on the heifer calves, but good quality bull calves yesterday, uh, selling from 100 up to 190. The uh, beef calves, very strong again, 175 to 375. These black calves from 375 up to 430. And we are at Tuesday here in Stratford. Uh, our, our sale today gets to start at 10 o'clock, a hay and straw auction. Again, folks, we got a good selection of hay, farm bales. A round bales of second crop, brown round bales of first crop. We have small squares, also a first crop. We have large square bales of oat straw. So, and a good selection of hay and straw. That'll be at 10. We move at 11 o'clock market auction. As I said, we sell organic market cows here today in Stratford and in with the conventional cows to follow. And tomorrow, of course, is our feeder cattle sale. That's a new time start. We've got a, uh, a lot of feeder cattle lined up for the sale tomorrow, including a consignment of some very fancy black, uh, black bulls, black heifers, they're going to go away from about that four to seven weight. We also have purebred Angus bull Angus bull for that sale tomorrow along with the rest of the cattle. And uh, our next dairy sale won't be until April 5th, but we do have a very, very nice herd of cows consigned for that sale. I invite you folks to take a look at the information on that on our website. And we'll have more to say about that, of course, as, uh, and get uh, closer to that. So, Bob, that's what we have for the folks this morning, of course. Um, probably know I'm involved in municipal government, so folks, if you are uh, got absentee ballots out there, get them back, and uh, early voting, I believe, did start yesterday, so uh, election coming up April 5th, and then a lot of people tell me, well, they're not nothing to vote for. Uh, these local elections, Bob, are probably more important than the big
0: ones. Well, they really are, because they affect you right down the road, and uh, yeah, get out. The election, What's April 3rd, something like that itself, if you're going to vote in person? April fifth. Yep. April fifth. Okay, but no, these are important. That's for sure. Good message. Thanks, Jerry. We'll talk to you in the morning. You bet, Bob. Enjoy the enjoy the day, but no snow, right? Just rain. Just rain today. Up north tomorrow, maybe a little snow, but nothing to worry about. Oh, that's reassuring. Thank you. There you go, Jerry Fitzgerald over at the Equity Stratford Sale Barn. Nine minutes before six o'clock again. We've got forty-one degrees. Got some rain in the forecast. Forty-three, forty-four. That's about it for today.
3: Feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report.
0: More markets. Let's get over to Tree Livestock in Thorpe. Michelle is with us. Good morning, Michelle. How are you? I'm doing well. Good morning to you. So what was your impression when you heard that Devontae Adams was leaving the Packers?
7: I kind of figured that would happen since we have, you know, Aaron Rodgers back.
0: So, yeah. I was surprised. I Whatever. thought maybe he'd want to stay. Aaron Rodgers made him. He's great. I don't take anything away from him, but Aaron Rodgers made him best receiver in football. Aaron Rodgers made him a lot of money. The Packers offered him more, but he wanted to go out I to know, but the Raiders.
7: I think that I had listened to some commentary on that, and I think they nailed it on the head when they said, you know what, If you Devontae probably had a little bit of a sore you know, summer taste in his mouth when they were all worried about Aaron Rodgers last year and didn't really put any effort into a contract with, you know, Devontae last year. They knew what was going to happen. So, you know, they didn't seem to put much effort into that. And no. he yeah. played with Derek Carr in, in college, so.
0: Yeah, and I guess enough. he lives in Las Vegas uh, in the off season, so he's playing at home now. but yeah. we wish him success. He did a lot of good things for the Packers, but. We'll see how it works out yeah, for everybody involved. Go. go. Oh, I am sad to yeah. see him go, too, because we don't have anybody else that can catch the ball. Well, so, so we'll I know,
7: So what are you going to do? Are you going to get a... Would you want a veteran, or would you rather just, like, <laughs> let's see what we can get in the draft?
0: I That's think a conversation
7: gonna, forever.
0: I think they're going to mm-hmm. take some of those draft choices and uh, move up in the draft and get some Trade. wide receivers. Yeah, we'll see. Trade up. Yep. Yeah. All right. Well, how'd the market go last night? Anything exciting in the markets? I will tell you
7: all about them. Thank you, about Summing up the sale from Monday, March 21st at Green Livestock Market in the Slaughter Market. Last night, we had an extreme top of 101.50, consigned by Chippewa View Farms of Radisson. 80% of the cows sold from 60 and above. Market cows were 74 to 88. Low-yielding cows, 60 to 73. Thin and weak cows, 59 and lower. And the Holstein fair Market, choice and prime, 118 to 128 selects were 116 and down. For beef type steers and heifers choice, 128 to 138, selects were 120 and lower. In the bull market, high yielding beef types came in at 84 to 101, utilities were 82 and down. In the replacement calf market, good quality Holstein bull calves, so from 100 to $210 per head. We topped at 233 with a consignment by Schmidt Family Farms of Ent- Enterprises of Bruce. Lighter and lower quality calves, $30 per head and down. Holstein heifer calves were 10 to tw- 125 per head. Beef beef cross calves, 125 to 355 per head. In the hog market, there was no test on the butchers. styles were 62 to 85 dollars per fours were 31 and down our next will be trial wednesday the 23rd we'll start with cas at 5 p.m if you have any questions or you need trucking give us a call at the market at 715-669-7127 and of course check us out on the web at com for all the citron livestock your family owned an operating market have a great day
0: you have a great day too don't forget your rain jacket when you go out for a walk today A couple of days left. I don't know. I'm looking Spring in Wisconsin. Spring in Wisconsin. We're used to it. Yeah,
7: exactly.
0: All right. We'll see you later. Sounds good. Take care. There she goes. That's Michelle over. Treen, livestock, and food. Synergy Co-op bringing us our markets this morning. Board of Trade overnight, July corn down 2 cents, 7.26. Markets were up yesterday because of this uncertainty in the Ukraine. I mean, that are the talks going to work? Are they going to have talks? Who knows? But uh, July oats are down 9 at 6.59. Wheat up 16. July wheat 11.09 this morning. Soybeans up 7 at 16.79. Soybean meal down a dollar eighty at $471.40. Country elevator prices... Wheat
2: and Grain, Chippewa Falls and Connorsville locations, corn is at 674 and beans are at 1625 Doomer's Grain of Holman and Buck Country Arcadia, corn is at 670 and soybeans
0: are at $1621. And our DTN screen shows corn at Golden Plump today at 656 a bushel. At uh, Baldwin, Elmwood and Fall Creek, 664 with the beans at $1609. Duran, 662 and 1609 Mondovi, 666 and $1609. And Osseo, 669 on the corn, 1609 on the beans. Stevens Point, soybeans 1593 out at Elk Mound, 662 and 1622. Soybeans uh, at Sparta at 1660 and the corn at 674. Over at Ellsworth, 659 on the corn, 1596 on the beans at the ethanol plants. Boysville 689 for corn today. Stanley 682 to Richmond 677. Barrel cheese up 4207. The blocks up three quarters, 213 and three quarters. Butter up five and a quarter, 277 and three quarters. March class three down a penny at 2240. April up 31 at 2374. May up 47 at 2454. June up 43 at 2462. July up 31 at 2450. 41 degrees right now. We're looking for some rain in the forecast today. Our forecast brought to you by Marquardt Motors, hiring a metal technician in their high-volume auto body shop. Marquardt Motors offers a competitive salary with a generous benefit package. Apply in person or call com. About 43, 44, the high today, 39 tomorrow with some rain and maybe a little snow up north, as we said, 41 right now.
3: You've been listening to the Midwest Farm Report. Available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed and Montovi. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com.